0: Have you ever wanted someone to walk alongside you as you do the thing? You know, the thing that makes your heart come alive and leaves our world more like Jesus than we found it. I know, and that's why I'm here. My name is Rebecca Dotson George. I'm a speaker, writer, career coach, and just all around excited to be in your earbuds for the next few minutes. I'm a girl wildly passionate about cheering you on as you make God known in and through your creative mission. Here's the thing though, I know sometimes you can get discouraged. I'm not good enough. I don't know where to start. I can't do as good of a job as she's doing. These are all lies that we sometimes believe and I'm here to help you debunk those lies that are ruling your mind about your mission and replace them with truth from God's word. So buckle up because I'll gather up my favorite seasoned and rising leaders in their fields to share inspirational stories, strategic advice, and hard-won wisdom. Welcome to the Do The Thing Movement podcast. Do you ever get to the end of a podcast and just think, man, I am not done with that conversation. Girl, me too. And I love hearing from you about how not only the show is encouraging you, but also what God is stirring up in you as a result. And I just really wanted the opportunity to connect one-on-one with more of you. And that's why I've created a Patreon community. Patreon is an online platform that hosts bonus content and provides creators a way to hang out with their audience in a more intimate way. So here's how I'm going to use it. There are three tiers. First is the bestie tier, which will include access to the platform and extra conversations with all our guests that only Patreon besties will get to hear. These questions will not be shared here on your podcast platform. Then there's the VIP party tier. This includes the bestie tier and you get invited to a VIP party once a month on Zoom where we get to hang out, get to know one another better, and maybe do some coaching in a group session from time to time. And then finally, there is the calling coach tier. In this tier, you'll be able to access the previous tiers, plus have a 30-minute coaching call per month with me to talk about anything podcast, ministry, or career-related. How fun does this sound? So come on over to Patreon by downloading the app or visiting patreon.com and search Do The Thing Movement. I can't wait to meet you inside the community. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Do The Thing Movement Podcast. Today on the show, I have my new friend Lauren Kenney on to talk about her first and newest book, unshakable. We have such a fun conversation. Lauren is such a joy. And I was so glad we got to sit down and talk about her college experience, how it didn't quite go as she had planned and how she learned how to trust God and lean into him through the whole process. So such a great message. And I'm so excited to share the mic with Lauren today. Let me introduce you to her. Lauren, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being my guest. You're so welcome. I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be so fun. So you have a book that came out this year, which remind me which month it came out.
1: It came out at the end of May.
0: Okay. Okay. So we're a few months in and your book is called Unshakable: Overcoming Fear to Discover a Life of Freedom. And I'm so excited to have you share your heart today with listeners and talk all about the book. And so as a starting point, will you just jump off and tell listeners a little bit about um Just this message and kind of your heart behind where the book came from.
1: Absolutely. Well, my college experience didn't go at all like I expected. And instead of these lifelong friends, social stuff every weekend, and a new BFF roommate, I found myself feeling lonely and full of anxiety and afraid. And it was ultimately through losing control, showing up when it's hard, And overcoming this constant pressure that so many students feel to be perfect and not living for their approval, things started to change in my life. But dealing with just these shattered expectations left me questioning who I was, who God was, and why I even ended up coming to college because it was never supposed to be this way. Um, And that was why I wrote Unshakable so that you could stop living in fear and start living in the freedom of who God made you to be.
0: Mm, I love it. Well, I'm excited about your story because a lot of our listeners are kind of around your age. They're in college or they're in their first few years of their career. Um, So I I certainly think that your book speaks so deeply into their experience and kind of what they're facing, especially now in 2020, as everybody's facing college and school and all these things in a totally new way with the virus and everything that's going on in the world. But I also think that the story goes beyond um college experience because you're talking about universal truths that really relate to all of us that we all are going to face kind of throughout our lives and so You tell a story in the book about crying in the produce aisle and man, have we not all like had some kind of memory or moment like that. And it's just about how that didn't change your circumstances where you were in that season. And I'd love for you to just tell us that story and how God used that moment in your life.
1: Well, it's one of my favorite stories in the book, and that chapter is actually called Lettuce is Tragic because you're so right. We've all had a breakdown in the target aisle at some point in our lives, but I've always been really confident in the decisions I've made. And when I was in high school, against the very strict advice of my counselor and a few other people who are way smarter than I am, I only applied to Baylor University and Waco And this was pretty rare. Normally I like to have options. And I remember driving down my junior year to Waco and touring Baylor and on the way back looking out the window and I just felt like God said, Lauren, this is where I have you for the next four years. And I knew I knew God's voice. I knew what I was hearing. And so senior year started to fly by. And I ended up having major anxiety about this decision and about the changes that were about to come. But I couldn't understand why. So my friends weren't like this. They were headed to much further places than I was, and I just felt stuck and overwhelmed, and I was angry at myself because I couldn't figure out why this was happening, and it ultimately really didn't matter who I was with or where I was, but fear began to grip every part of my life for about two months, and ultimately, I think it came down to this idea that I was saying goodbye to so many years um, in Arlington, where I'm from, that I had loved and I had known. And I was training them for four more years that I wasn't sure was going to love me or know me. And one of my friends has what she likes to call these all is lost moments. And ultimately, I think these are these moments that everything is falling apart. And Rebecca, even super glue, won't do the job anymore. And so the funny thing about these moments is that most of the time, These things in our lives are actually coming together. And when I broke down in the target aisle next to the lettuce that day, I was about to lose something I had never lost before. And that was control. And so moving day comes and I've held my tears back and I break down because lettuce can seem really tragic when you learn to let it go. But it was over the course of those next few months that God began teaching me two things. Number one, it was we have to lose control of the things we grit most tightly if we truly trust who God says he is. And these man, these sweaty hands are no match for God's safe And precious and holy hands. And so in no way do I deserve this unwavering, relentless pursuit of my heart. So why am I not giving my life to him um, for everything he has given to me? And then number two, it's okay to ask God why. A lot of the times we feel this pressure to put on the mask and kind of save our questions for when we're in Um, You know, when no one else is around us and we feel afraid to ask God questions of why is this happening to me? And so God began teaching me that we have the beautiful, beautiful freedom of asking him anything and everything. And he never condemns our questions, but he really wants us to ask. He wants his kids to ask. And God just began reminding me, Lauren, it's okay not to know because I know it all. And ultimately we can ask all the questions we want. But all he asks is that we trust him. And I find this in my personal life, too. You know, I'm so quick to call my mom or vent to a friend. And I always end up coming back to God. And, you know, God's kind of maybe my third or fourth option. And what's so interesting is that maybe we should run to him first. And ultimately, I mean, in that moment next to the lettuce bin, I just began to realize sometimes if we let go, we'll gain a better grip.
0: Wow, that's so good. And it reminds me of in a totally different season, I experienced a lot of the same things. So you left a town and a place that you had spent your whole life and you had a lot of beautiful memories tied to for a place that we talked about Waco a little bit before we hit record, and Magnolia is super fun. But other than that, it's a really small town, right? And so, your life experience in Waco has been totally different than your life experience in Arlington, I would imagine. And um, what we haven't just had time in our friendship of fifteen minutes so far to <laughs> unpack is: um, a year and a half ago, I got married, and uh, most of my life, I lived up in Tennessee, well, my whole life, until I moved to South Mississippi, which is where we are now, and my husband is a pastor here, and it was just so interesting how like, simultaneously in one season, I was grieving the loss of everything I've ever known. Um, while also embracing the newness and the beauty and the awesomeness of marriage and serving in ministry with my husband and a whole new community of people. And I think what God taught me in that was like, those can both exist at the same time. You can miss your people and you can miss everything that was the season that you're leaving, but also embrace marriage and seek out community where I have you now and serve where I've planted your feet now. And so I love, I love talking about seasons of change and seasons of transition because they are so hard. And sometimes we can, like you were saying, almost stuff our emotions under the rug. I'm really good at doing that until it's like DEF CON five and we have an explosion. And I remember getting back from my honeymoon and leaving my parents' house. To, drive, to make the long drive all the way down to Mississippi. And that was my moment where I lost it because everything about that season of change just hit me all at once because I'd been so busy planning for a wedding and planning our honeymoon and finding a new job and all of that, that I had really neglected to really sit with the Lord of like, okay, everything about life is about to change. And um, I mean, he totally met me in that and I'm I'm thankful we're on the other side of that season, but these seasons are hard. So I'm, I'm really thankful that you share your story of that in the book. And um, I know that it's going to be impactful for, for others. And so something else you talk about is how things don't go as planned. We've talked about that a little bit and I'm excited to dive into that more. I think we're all uh, in a season of that in 2020 and even probably into 2021 with it, when this airs. And so How do we cope during times where things don't go as we maybe expected them to go?
1: Well, you're so right. So many things look so uncertain right now. And we can't always control what's happening around us, but we can control how we react. And this time has looked like a lot of adapting for everyone. We all have new roles that we're taking on. And I remember coming home a few months ago when quarantine kind of started. And all of a sudden, I'm trying to figure out how to be the best sister, um, and I haven't lived, you know, I'm back in my house with my brothers and my sisters, and I have not been in this dynamic for three years, and I'm trying to be the best student on Um, you know, Zoom University, as so many people are calling it right now. And, you know, there's so many different roles here, Rebecca. And so one of the things um, I'm seeing right now is how easy it is to blame others when we can't perfectly handle these things that we can't control. And so instead of playing this blame game, I found that it's so helpful to just ask, okay, where's the good? What good can I see in this situation? And then also just asking God for a lot of patience Um, My roommate challenged me a few weeks ago to start thanking God for more things than I was praying for. And so instead of waking up and praying, hey, God, will you please help me do great on this test that I have not studied for? um, That's at eight o'clock this morning. Normally I try to say, "Okay, God, thank you for the joy of waking up today. Thank you for this beautiful weather. Thank you for the rain. Thank you for food to eat in my fridge. Thank you for letting me record a podcast today because Rebecca is making a major impact for your kingdom. And so I think choosing thankfulness over playing this blame game is huge. And ultimately right now, the worst thing you can do is believe this is wasted time, which is what I see so many people in their 20s doing right now. We all want to fast forward and skip 2021. But the habits we're building right now are the ones that are going to carry over. And we know that there is no such thing as wasted time in the kingdom of God. Even if you look at the lowest of lows or the most victorious moments in the Bible, we see, you know, Esther's time in the King's castle. We see Paul and Silas's time in prison. God was still moving. And so, so often we forget that God is still moving in the messy parts of life. And Rebecca, I'll share something with you. You probably never have heard from an author, but it's in my book. I write, I hate the first four chapters of my book. And most people don't say that (laughs) ever actually. Um, but they're hard. Yeah. They were not the picture perfect moments that I wanted to post on Instagram. They didn't tell of these lifelong friends or BFF remain. I thought I would have by now. And I remember when I first started writing Unshakable, I was sitting in my living room and I had a copy of the manuscript next to me. And I remember telling a friend earlier that week. I think this book would be actually pretty decent if I just scrapped the first four chapters, because I'm really afraid people are going to shut the book and stick it back on the shelves before they even get to the good parts of my story. And if so, how can I make sure to stay in these good parts of my life? And I remember telling God, hey, I want people to read this book, but I really want people to see you in this book. And I'm afraid they're, they're going to put it away and they're not going to see you in these first four chapters. And, oh my gosh, he just said, Lauren, I am present in the first four chapters too. And I I know that voice, Rebecca, because the first time I ever heard God speak, I was nine years old and I was riding my bike with one of my younger brothers. And I just, I heard this voice, um, in my head. And it just said, go back, Lauren, you need to go back. And I remember riding my bike and thinking that's weird. What? I mean, we're just, we're just riding our bikes and I just hear this voice. And I remember yelling at my brother, Hey, we need to go back to the house. And a minute later, we biked over to my driveway and my dad was standing there holding my youngest brother who had just been run over by a car and his body was black and blue. There's blood everywhere. And um, I needed to be home in that moment. And since that time, I have remembered God's voice is one I can trust. And he is present in my first four chapters. And so even though my time at Baylor has had its highs and its lows, it's been hard and it's been fruitful, um, but God has been present even in those first four chapters. And mean, if you're listening right now, you might be stuck in those first four or you might be thriving in your next eight. But the same God who's showing up in the next eight is the same God who is redeeming the last four. And to redeem those painful parts of our story, whether you are listening and you're facing loneliness or anxiety or depression, I mean, to discount those painful parts and to hide them is to discount God's goodness and God's grace. And so right there on my manuscript on that Sunday afternoon, I wrote, he is present in the first four chapters too. And the more real we become, the more Jesus is revealed in our story.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And as you were talking, it made me think of a couple of things. One, I'll encourage you with, and and I know this will encourage our listeners as well. But recently, I interviewed Allie Worthington about her new book, Standing Strong. And I don't know if you've if you've picked up that book yet, or if listeners have, but um, it's sort of recounting a few years of her life, and almost a memoir style, but but with the point of really encouraging readers that you can't break a woman who draws her strength from God and so the book's called Standing Strong and it's it's so good but she told me that there was a point where again similar to you it was starting to feel very vulnerable because she was sharing parts of her story that sure God had redeemed but in order to write the story it's incomplete without that you know those pieces of her story God just spoke to her during that time and just said, "Ali, I want you to tell the truth. No matter what, I want you to tell the truth. And she took a sticky note in her office and wrote, tell the truth and posted it on her wall beside her desk where she wrote every day and every day she would look at it when it was hard and when she didn't want to write anymore, when it felt, she always says, I f- sometimes when I release a book, I feel like I'm standing on stage in front of a big crowd, just totally naked. <laughs> And like when her book, when her story and her books are out into the world and, uh, but she said, I knew I was obedient because I told the truth and that's what God told me to do. And so I'm so thankful that you did that as well. And something else somebody um, encouraged me with in a really hard season um, was just remembering that God, again, like you said, he, he does redeem and he, um, the term they used was he makes all things matter. So no matter what, like he is going to use those hard times or he's going to use that isolation or he's going to use that suffering that we face this side of eternity in some way to help us become more like Jesus. And um, when we have our sights set on him, it's so much easier to say, "Okay, Lord, like if this is a way that you are revealing yourself to me or I'm going to learn something about you that I wouldn't learn otherwise. Okay, let's go. You know, and, um, it's, it's interesting how we can look back on hard seasons on the other side and be like, oh yeah, that's what God was doing or, oh yeah, that's how he was showing me more about himself. And so, um, I love that he did that in your life as well. And I know we've talked kind of leading up to this question about how we have a lot of college girls that listen to the show, a lot of girls who are in a similar stage of life as you and, um something you talk about is isolation and in this season and how you've experienced that. And it was more overwhelming than you anticipated. And I'd love for you to just encourage college girls, really anybody listening right in, in a season that they find themselves in where they're much more isolated um, than they've ever been before. And I think we're all there. You know what I
1: mean? Sure. Well, Everyone's feeling nervous and anxious and worried. And whether you are a student or a parent, you're frustrated. Your p- plans have you know, been flown out the window um, and we have lost control. I mean, the things that we were gripping really tightly feel out of our reach at this point. And so um, this loneliness is peaking as social distancing is increasing and quarantine is increasing. And so a lot of people feel so isolated right now, but we all want to be fearless. I mean, in every aspect of our life. And so when we've set all of these shattered expectations, I think we all want to know, okay, where do we cling? You know, where do we run? And so I have a few things, um, just a few steps that I kind of work myself through when I'm really feeling anxious and lonely. Um, And number one is to talk to myself instead of listening to myself. I am an Enneagram 3, Rebecca, so I, you know, derive a lot of my worth from the things that I've done, which was just such, um, I mean, God just used the whole book writing process to really work on my heart in that. But there's a huge difference between listening to yourself and talking to yourself. So when you're listening to yourself, most likely... Um, We're feeding ourselves lies. Like, why did I make that stupid comment at dinner last night? This happens to me all the time. Or, why did I fail that test? I'm incapable. I'm a failure. Um, Why do I have no friends? I'm a fraud. Um, I need to put on this mask so that people find me impressive. And, you know, this list just goes on of lies that we feed ourselves all the time. And so, um, when we decide to just change this narrative and instead say, okay, I'm going to choose a not to focus on that conversation I had, you know, two months ago, and I'm going to stop replaying this. And I am going to decide, okay, I'm going to speak truth to myself because number one, I know who God says I am. And at the end of the day, I'm a child of God. And that is a label that will never be taken from me. And then number two is quit banking it. So chances are the person listening right now has hidden their fear. We've hidden our loneliness, our anxiety for weeks on end. And you probably haven't told me one. And so I would just encourage um, whoever's listening right now, man, drop the mask. Quit faking it. Let someone in, even if it's over Zoom. Um, you know, we can't gather with a ton of people right now. Things look a lot different. But um, let someone in. Don't let this fear keep you from taking the next right step um, to get to where you want to be and show up anyway. I mean, everything feels pretty uncomfortable right now. I mean, you might be so sick and tired of zoom meetings. I feel that way. Um, but just showing up and trying to find community and really unconventional ways. I'll share a story with you. So during my freshman year at Baylor, I remember going to this worship night on campus and I really didn't want to go, but I felt like God said, okay, Lauren, you should go. And so I texted about, um, eight or 10 people And every one of them said no. And I still felt like God said, Lauren, you need to show up. And so I remember showing up at this worship night. It was at the Baylor track field and I'm making my way up the bleachers and I'm looking for a girl to sit with. And I find this girl in the stands. So I go up and I sit next to her, but not too close because that would be creepy and weird. So I leave a little bit of distance, but it looks like we're, we've come together. So I'm fine. And I'm like, okay, I'm dying on the inside. But i'm okay and just as the first song begins i look next to me and she's gone and it just felt like a punch in the gut i mean i literally just felt the enemy say man lauren you are so lonely right now not even a girl in the baylor track field i mean wants to sit next to you on the bleachers how pitiful is that and i remember an hour later the speaker prayed to end his sermon And he said, hey, guys, just a reminder, it's church night. And if you are a freshman or you're a senior here, you should be sure and go out and um, look at the church booths and just see if you can meet anybody and find a church home. And so, man, Rebecca, I think it was just the Holy Spirit came upon me. And I remember taking a few steps forward to a church booth. And this girl in a red plaid shirt and glasses stepped out Um, from the table and shook my hand. And turns out we had mutual friends. And I, I will say, I love this picture just that she walked out from behind the table, because I think sometimes we make bravery out to be this huge thing. And often it just looks like taking maybe two courageous steps forward. And so she walks out, she meets me. Well, that girl ended up being my roommate for the next two years of college. And I say that because I think God truly delights when we just say yes. And most of the time that means showing up and trusting him. And a lot of the times we show up and we get in our car and we cry and we never hit the gas pedal because we let fear win so often. Yeah. And But only God is able to transform this fear into this invitation. And it's this invitation into knowing his heart and his love. For you. And I think this ultimately starts with showing up. And so for any college girl or adult right now, who's listening and just feels defeated, man, I mean, do one uncomfortable thing this week, just show up, show up to that random book club or show up to the gym, um, ask somebody to coffee. I mean, just show up. And I mean, they might not be your, you know, college roommate for the next two years of your life, but it may just be, it's a step of obedience. And I think that's really what God is asking for. He's just asking for obedience. And I mean, remember, we said this earlier, the more real we become with people, the more we let people in on what's really happening in our lives, the more Jesus is revealed in our story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You saying all of that made me think, and this is not a spiritual quote at all. It just made me think of this, this movie. And so I have to share this. Have you seen the movie? We bought a zoo. I have. Yes. Okay. Do you know the quote where Matt Damon is like, you just need 20 seconds of insane courage like to take a step forward like that may it may be that as you're talking but it's true even though like there's nothing spiritual to that movie at all um a lot of times we get really overwhelmed with the thought and the idea of the will of god and our purpose our calling all like all those words grouped together they they really make us like get the meat sweat sometimes we get really stressed out and get overwhelmed by missing what god has for us when most days of our lives, God's just asking us to take that next logical step of obedience, you know, which, which is leading to like, those are the little breadcrumbs that are leading to our calling and our purpose, wherever we are. And so I think in this season, um, those steps might look different. They might feel shaky because we're doing things differently than we were a year ago. You know, for months on end, I was leading and discipling women in our church virtually, and that is hard <laughs> when you're not sitting physically across from people in God's word, you're on a screen having conversations. It's it's just different. It's not impossible. It's not impossible to build community. It's not impossible to continue um, and not miss out on what God has for you in this season, but that might look different than what you anticipated, which Brings me back to like his thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. And nothing about 2020 took him by surprise. And I think I forget that a lot. Um, and sure. so, you know, this, this year and this time and what's going on around us was a part of his plan. And so I just have been encouraged by that the last few weeks, especially leading up to the election and everything going on in the world, just remembering that he's faithful and um he he's faithful, he's good, he's sovereign, and none of that's ever going to change. And so when we can't like put our stock in anything else, that's that's what we anchor our hope to, not circumstances, not comfort, not anything of this world. And so if you were to say, man, I want readers of Unshakeable to walk away with this, like this is kind of that core message that if they're not going to get anything out of the book I, gosh i really hope they walk away with this what would that be
1: sure well i mean you you said it really well just those 20 seconds of insane courage but ultimately i mean my hope for anyone who reads unshakable is that their biggest fear ends up becoming their biggest freedom and so whether it's this fear of you know perfectionism or anxiety or loneliness or isolation i mean i i want everyone listening to know that it's really through these small moments of trusting Jesus and just saying yes and showing up, even when it's hard, even when it takes so much courage and so much grit. Um, But what the enemy meant for destruction, Jesus made for redemption and it was always supposed to be this way. So, you know, God isn't surprised about anything that's happened during 2020 and he won't be surprised for what happens next year and the year after that. And I mean, God has us right where He wants us. And he never promised it would be easy, but he promised us a hope and a hope um, that we know and that we love. And that hope is his son, Jesus. And so that, and that's enough. I mean, so ultimately I really hope people know this freedom and it's this freedom to be real. And it's this freedom to open up my hands and say, okay, God, I give you control. It's the freedom to ask these hard questions and lay it, all out on the table i remember the first time i got coffee with my college roommate that i mentioned earlier um, i i had to make a conscious decision to drop the mask and say hey i am really struggling right now and i don't know what to do um, i'm not sleeping at night and i you know i'm just feeling so shaken with anxiety um, i don't know what to do and i remember laying the cards out on the table and just praying she would not get up and run away and she did it But we have to take that step of courage. And so I really hope that everyone listening, I mean, just knows that God is enough. I mean, we are not enough, but God is. And he loves you enough to redeem your story and to overcome fear and become unshakable just for him.
0: Well, Lauren, I am so thankful for your story and just how you've been obedient and allowing God to work in and through you. And then your, your obedience to write your story down and tell the truth. Like we talked about with Allie and I'm really excited for listeners to um, get their hands on your book and give it a read. And so I am so excited to have you today. And I'm even more excited to do our rapid fire questions that we're going to do over on our Patreon community. So before we go, I want you to share with listeners where they can connect with you, where they can get the book, all of those
1: things. Sure. So you can connect with me um, online at thelaurenkenny.com or on Instagram at lauren. In Kenny, and um, something really special for your listeners, Rebecca. If you are a college student or a young adult, or really anyone that's looking for new ways to grow your faith this semester, if you go to thelawrencetiny.com, we have a free five-day devotional just for you that I really um, hope is going to just spur on your faith, and we'll let you know a little bit more about what it looks like to be. Unshakable, and then you can get the book at Barnes and Noble or Amazon. Amazon's probably the best way though right now, just because we all love a good Prime shipping and. That's right. <laughs> yes, man. All the things.
0: Yes. Well. Thank you so much for being on today. I know that this is just going to be such an encouragement to listeners. So I'm so happy to have you and we will be back over on our Patreon community to talk about all of our fun rapid fire questions that we ask all of our guests. And so those will not be aired on this interview, but if you are a patron in our Patreon community, you can access those over there. So make sure you go check that out by either downloading the Patreon app or accessing it via your desktop device. So we will see you over there and Laura. And thank you for being my guest today.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the show. I am so thrilled to have you be a part of this community. I wanted to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, did you know that when people rate and review podcasts on Apple Podcasts, it actually helps more people come across the show? And when that happens, the messages we're sharing get spread even further and we get to encourage more people. I can't think of anything more fun than that. So it would mean the world to me if you would do something that would take just two minutes of your time. Hop on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a written review. Tell me all about how the show is encouraging you and invite others to listen in. It truly means the world to this girl on the other side of the mic. And then number two, if you're loving the show and want even more content from Do The Thing Movement, hop on over to our Patreon page on your desktop or mobile device to listen to after the show bonus interviews, attend live Zoom parties, and receive extra coaching. Simply download the Patreon app or do it on your desktop device and search Do The Thing Movement. I would love to see you over there in that community. Thanks again for listening, and I can't wait to be back with you next episode. Same time, same place. Bye, friends.